Hello friends, we will be reading out the text of Lesson 5, Administrative Law, of Paper 1, Jurisprudence, Interpretation and General Laws. This lesson is divided into six audio pieces. While we attempt to read all parts of the book, we have not covered some tables and flowcharts which are better understood when viewed rather than heard. For all such omissions, we request you to go to the corresponding ebook and look up the details. 5.1 Introduction Administrative law is that branch of law that deals with powers, functions and responsibilities of various organs of the state. There is no single universal definition of administrative law because it means different things to different theorists. Kenneth Culp Davis, a leading American legal scholar on administrative law, defines it as the law concerning the powers and procedures of administrative agencies, including especially the law governing the judicial review of administrative action. An administrative agency, according to him, is a government authority other than a court and other than a legislative body which affects the rights of private parties, either through adjudication or rulemaking. He further adds that apart from judicial review, the manner in which public officials handle business, unrelated to adjudication or rulemaking, is not a part of administrative law. The formulation of administrative agency in this definition is restrictive, as it seeks to exclude agencies having administrative authority, pure and simple, and not having adjudicative or legislative functions. This definition also does not cover purely discretionary functions, which may be called administrative, of administrative agencies, not falling within the category of legislative or quasi-judicial. According to Albert Wynn Dicey, the great British constitutional scholar Administrative law relates to that portion of a nation's legal system which determines the legal status and liabilities of all state officials, which defines the rights and liabilities of private individuals in their dealings with public officials, and which specifies the procedure by which those rights and liabilities are enforced. Dicey's formulation focuses on one aspect of administrative law, that is, judicial control over public officials. This definition is narrow as it leaves out of consideration many aspects of administrative law. For example, public corporations would not be covered under this definition because, strictly speaking, they are not state officials. Ivor Jennings defined administrative law as the law relating to administration. It determines the organization, powers and duties of administrative authorities. This formulation is too broad and general, as it does not differentiate between administrative and constitutional law. It excludes the manner of exercise of powers and duties. Administrative law is the byproduct of ever-increasing functions of the governments. States are no longer police states limited to maintaining internal order and protecting from external threats. These, no doubt, continue to be the basic functions, but a state that is limited to this traditional role will delegitimize itself.
with the rise of political consciousness the citizens of a state are no longer satisfied with the state's provisioning of traditional services the modern state is therefore striving to be a welfare state it has taken the task to improve social and economic condition of its people it involves undertaking a large number of complex tasks development produces great economic and social changes and creates challenges in the field of health education pollution inequality etc these complex problems cannot be solved except with the growth of administration states have also taken over a number of functions which were previously left to private enterprise all this has led to the origin and the growth of administrative law 5.1.1 need for administrative law the modern state typically has three organs legislative executive and judiciary traditionally the legislature was tasked with the making of laws the executive with the implementation of the laws and judiciary with the administration of justice and settlement of disputes however this traditional demarcation of role has been found wanting in meeting the challenges of present era the legislature is unable to come up with the required quality and quantity of legislations because of limitations of time the technical nature of legislation and the rigidity of their enactments the traditional administration of justice through judiciary is technical expensive and dilatory the states have empowered their executive administrative branch to fill in the gaps of legislature and judiciary this has led to an all pervasive presence of administration in the life of a modern citizen in such a context a study of administrative law assumes great significance the ambit of administration is wide and embraces following elements within its ambit 1 it makes policies 2 it executes administers and adjudicates the law 3 it exercises legislative powers and issues rules bylaws and orders of a general nature the ever increasing administrative functions have created a vast new complex of relations between the administration and the citizen the modern administration is present everywhere in the daily life of an individual and it has assumed a tremendous capacity to affect their rights and liberties since the whole purpose of bestowing the administration with larger powers is to ensure a better life for the people it is necessary to keep a check on the administration consistent with the efficiency in such a way that it does not violate the rights of the individual there is an age old conflict between individual liberty and government control there must be a constant vigil to ensure that a proper balance be evolved between private interest and government which represents public interest it is a demand of prudence that when large powers are conferred on administrative organs effective control mechanism be also evolved so as to ensure that the officers do not use their powers in an undue manner or for an unwarranted purpose it is the task of administrative law to ensure that the governmental functions are exercised according to law and legal principles and rules of reason and justice
The goal of administrative law is to ensure that the individual is not at receiving end of state's administrative power and in cases where the individual is aggrieved by any action of the administration, he or she can get it redressed. There is no antithesis between an effective government and controlling the exercise of administrative powers. Administrative powers are exercised by thousands of officials and affects millions of people. Administrative efficiency cannot be the end-all of administrative powers and the interests of people must be at the centre of any conferment of administrative power. If exercised properly, the vast powers of the administration may lead to the welfare state, but if abused, they may lead to administrative despotism and a totalitarian state. A careful and systematic study and development of administrative law becomes a desideratum as administrative law is an instrument of control on the exercise of administrative powers. 5.2. Sources of Administrative Law There are four principal sources of administrative law in India. Constitution of India, Act Statutes, Ordinances, Administrative Directions, Notifications and Circulars, and Judicial Decisions. Let us discuss these one by one. 1. Constitution of India It is the primary source of administrative law. Article 73 of the Constitution provides that the executive power of the Union shall extend to matters with respect to which the Parliament has power to make laws. Similar powers are provided to states under Article 62. Indian Constitution has not recognized the doctrine of separation of powers in its absolute rigidity. The Constitution also envisages tribunals, public sector and government liability, which are important aspects of administrative law. 2. Acts or Statutes Acts passed by the central and state governments for the maintenance of peace and order, tax collection, economic and social growth empower the administrative organs to carry on various tasks necessary for it. These acts list the responsibilities of the administration, limit their power in certain respects and provide for grievance redressal mechanism for the people affected by the administrative action. 3. Ordinances, Administrative Directions, Notifications and Circulars Ordinances are issued when there are unforeseen developments and the legislature is not in session and therefore cannot make laws. The ordinances allow the administration to take necessary steps to deal with such developments. Administrative directions, notifications and circulars are issued by the executive in the exercise of power granted under various acts. 4. Judicial Decisions Judiciary is the final arbiter in case of any dispute between various wings of government or between the citizen and the administration. In India, we have the supremacy of constitution and the Supreme Court is vested with the authority to interpret it. The courts through their various decisions on the exercise of power by the administration, the liability of the government in case of breach of contract or tortuous acts of government servants lay down administrative law which guide their future conduct. 5.3. Administrative Discretion It means the freedom of an administrative authority to choose from amongst various alternatives, but with reference to rules of reason and justice 
and not according to personal whims. The exercise of discretion should not be arbitrary, vague and fanciful, but legal and regular. The government cannot function without the exercise of some discretion by its officials. It is necessary because it is humanly impossible to lay down a rule for every conceivable eventuality that may arise in day-to-day -day affairs of the government. It is, however, equally true that discretion is prone to abuse. Therefore, there needs to be a system in place to ensure that administrative discretion is exercised in the right manner. Administration has become a highly complicated job, needing a good deal of flexibility apart from technical knowledge, expertise and know-how. Freedom to choose from various alternatives allows the administration to fashion its best response to various situations. If a certain rule is found to be unsuitable in practice, the administration can change, amend or abrogate it without much delay. Even if the administration is dealing with a problem on a case-to-case -case basis, it can change its approach according to the exigency of situation and the demands of justice. 5.4. Judicial Control Over Administrative Actions Any country which claims to have a rule of law cannot have a government authority which has no checks on its power. Administrative organs have wide powers and their exercise of discretion can be vitiated by a number of factors. Therefore, the government must also provide for proper redress mechanism. For India, it is of special significance because of the proclaimed objectives of Indian polity to build a socialist pattern of society that has led to huge proliferation of administrative agencies and processes. In India, the modes of judicial control of administrative action can be conveniently grouped into three heads constitutional, statutory, and ordinary or equitable. With this, we end part one of audio lesson five administrative law. Please do listen to the next part.